Bible Interact is a group of Bible scholars and biblical archaeologists who promote the Hebraic nature of Scripture and view the two Testaments as one unified message. They explain how they use a first-century approach to searching the Scriptures, and they share their methods and discoveries for discussion and dialogue. They invite your comments and participation on BibleInteract.tv, where you can also find more teachings, self-study quizzes, webinars, and interviews. Shalom. I am Dr. Ann Davis with Bible Interact. I thought today we could have fun together with just one verse in Scripture. And I'll show you, we can do this together, I'll show you how we can go into the depth of understanding in just one verse. I'm going to be, I'm in the New Testament, which is, I'm in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Now, Paul has been talking about the law uh, and you know, that we're no longer under law, doing away with law, things like that. And I thought that this verse would be a good one for us to to tackle. But it's going to be fun. I, I think it's fun. I enjoy doing this. So so let's take a look at it. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. If you're driving in the car, don't stop to get a Bible. Just listen. I'll read it for you. I'm in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Okay, we have a tendency just to read this and maybe we will jump to conclusions. I I have a picture of a frog. You know, you give him a little poke and he jumps. And (laughs) jumping to conclusions without understanding the meat of the verse. So we're going to go into the meat of the verse. We're going to do this together. All right, we're going to take it in in little pieces here. It starts, let's see, um, let me look at my notes here. (laughs) I've forgotten here. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to take this, um, it was for freedom that Christ set us free, and is talking about this freedom. We're going to ask, when did Christ set us free? We're going to ask, how did Christ set us free? And we're going to ask, what does it mean to be free? Now, this is the first of, what, about five little steps that we're going to take in this one verse. So we're going to look at this this very beginning where it says, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Christ has set us free. All right? When. This has to do with the Hebraic sense of time. And you've got to understand it. You've got to think Hebrew, not Greek, in order to understand the New Testament. The Greek sense of time is points on a line. So things in the past are over and done with. Things in the future haven't happened yet. We can only live in the now. The Hebraic sense of time is very different. Because in the Hebraic way of thinking, God had to have created time. I mean, how else did time get created? God created time, and furthermore, he is in time. God is infinite. He's all-present. And therefore, God is in all aspects of time. For example, when we say, you know, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, it's in the completed sense of time. And, 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 and God rested. He rested when he completed all his work. That's in the completed sense of time. So the creation is shown as complete. God has nothing left to do. 
But you take a look at me and you take a look at yourself and there's more work to be done because there's something coming in the future. But God it was complete in the beginning because, you know, well, I explain it this way. If God says it's complete, we can... Uh, we can believe it's complete. I mean, we, we can walk in it. You walk in it. You walk in it knowing that it's complete. If God says it's been done, consider it done. It's been done. Now, the important thing is the future, I think, because the future hasn't happened yet. But we can walk in the future now when we are one with God. When we are walking with God, we're one with God. We are walking in the kingdom. Now, the kingdom will not happen until sometime in the future. But when we're one with God now in our walk now, we are walking in the kingdom now. This is the Hebraic sense of time. And when it says that Christ has set you free, that was when... All right, now now I have to back up here and explain... For a Jew, the Jew belongs to God. The Jew does not have to believe in Christ to belong to God. The whole concept of being saved is a Christian concept. It does not exist in Judaism. Judaism looks at this concept of being saved as who belongs to God. They belong to God because God says he's their father, they're his firstborn son. They belong to God. They belong to him. They don't even use the word saved. The, the, the Hebrew equivalent, there are actually two Hebrew words, that, the equivalent of the Greek sozo, it means to be rescued or delivered, not at some time in the future, but now in your life now. So since Jews know that they belong to God, their focus is on the second aspect of salvation, which is to be to be rescued from the world, from the consequences of the world, from the pain and suffering of the world now in their lives now, which is why God has given them the law, so they can walk in alignment and harmony with, with him and be one with him now. For a Gentile, I'm a Gentile, I'm not a Jew. So I, I first belonged to God when I believed in his son. At that point, I belonged to God. And I have the promise of future salvation. I have the promise of being saved. Being saved is, simply means to be with God. That's all it is. And you can't be with God unless you're without sin. So I will be with God in righteousness at some time in the future, but I can bring that into my life now if I choose to <clears throat> by walking in righteousness. All right now, so we were first, Christ set us free. Now, this would um, apply to Gentiles. Christ set us free because Jews were set free when they be when they were born, uh, but Gentiles are set free when they believe in Christ. We are set free. Set free means to be free from sin. So the minute I believed in Yeshua, I had no sin in me. God sees me as perfect. He sees me as righteous. Um, I belong to Him. I'm, I'm one of his children, and at that point, he sees me as righteous. Look at the newborn child. That's a good you know, example here. The newborn child has, has no sin in him. He's perfect, and um, it's not until he begins to, to walk and do things you know, that brings the sin on him, but in the beginning, he's perfect, he's righteous, he's pure, he's holy, and so are we when we first belong to God and become his child, his newborn child. So that's what that's when Christ set us free. Christ set us free when we first believed in him. Now, how does Christ set us free? Well, that's easy. He sets us free by our faith in him. The minute we believe in him, we are set free from sin. 
We are set free from sin with the promise of future eternal life with God. We are set free from sin when God sees us as righteous when we first belong to him. And then it's like God gives us a little pat on the back. Okay, now it's your turn to learn how to walk in righteousness. Okay, so let's see. We've done when, how, um, and what does it mean to be free? Well, I think I've explained it. Um, it there are these two aspects of salvation. So you're free from the sin. You have the promise of being free from sin at some time in the future. Okay, that that is your when you when you first belong to God, and then you are set free from sin when you walk in righteousness. Now the Jews had uh, the law to help them walk in righteousness. Uh, those who have faith in Christ, have the Holy Spirit to help them walk in righteousness. By the way, a Jew, a Messianic Jew who believes in Yeshua, belonged to God before believing in Yeshua, but now that Messianic Jew has the gift of the Holy Spirit and the ability to walk in righteousness. That Jew can walk much closer to God, can come more into the presence of God with the gift of the Holy Spirit than he or she ever could have done with just the law. Okay? So, what does it mean um, th- that um, Christ, you know, has set us free? He had, oh, it's, well, let me explain. Wait, there's more in Galatians. It says, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. All right, so he set us free for freedom. That means he, he, he initiated that righteousness in us so that, and, and gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit through our faith in Christ, so that we could now walk in freedom. So it's the walk that this verse is talking about. And it, it, let me read it again. It was for freedom Christ set us free for freedom, for the purpose of freedom. We were set free when we first believed in him with the promise of eternal life for the purpose of walking in freedom in our lives today. That's what's now important. Don't worry about the future. You've got the future locked up. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it. Concentrate on your daily walk with Christ now because you have been set free for the purpose of walking in freedom. That's freedom from sin. That's a freedom in righteousness. Okay. Now, all right, let's go on. We have here, um, Christ set us free for the purpose of freedom. Therefore, <laughs> oops, therefore, we got to listen to this one. Therefore, keep standing firm. All right. Standing firm is to stand in righteousness. The world is going to throw all kinds of things at you to try to topple you off your stand for God, not to try to keep you from being saved. You have the promise of salvation. This is all about the daily walk. So you keep standing. And... In the context of what Paul is talking about here, what was happening in Galatia, in Galatia, is that those who were believing that Christ, that Yeshua was the promised Messiah, were being persecuted by others. Those who said, I don't need to know the law, I can walk in the law by the gift of the Holy Spirit, were being persecuted by others. Let me stop here for a minute and just give you the setting of what was happening in Galatia. Galatia is in what is today Turkey. Paul 
um, was traveling through, he was based in Antioch, he was traveling north through Turkey over to Ephesus, crossing the Aegean Sea into Greece. So he was bringing, bringing this incredible news of the resurrection of Yeshua and what the what the Messiah was and how he had been promised by God and what, what were the promises in the Hebrew Scriptures and they're now being fulfilled. He was doing that in his travels through Turkey and Greece. And Galatia is, in fact, in, in what is today Turkey. He, Paul had come there and had preached the gospel. And then he left. When he left, he would he continued to write letters back to them. And he's writing a letter saying, you guys have a problem. What are you doing? You've got this problem. What was happening is that the Christian community was made up of Jewish believers and Gentile believers. They were both believers. And you can see that in Galatians, uh, where Paul says in Galatians 2.15, we are Jews by nature. He's talking to those Jews in Galatia. We are Jews. You're a Jew. I'm a Jew. We are Jews by nature and not sinners from among the Gentiles. And it it goes, you know, even we have believed in Christ Jesus. So these Jews in Galatia were believers in Christ. They were believers, but they were Jews. And, And they had been taught the law, and they had been taught that to belong to God, you had to be circumcised as the sign of the covenant. So what they were doing is they were telling these new Gentile believers, you guys have to be circumcised. You have to become Jews. And you have to learn the law. Because how else are you going to walk in righteousness? Well, we know the way to walk in righteousness is by the gift of the Holy Spirit with the law written on your heart. And you just walk in your love and faith of Yeshua. And then you're walking in the ways of the law. But that message had not come through to these Jewish believers in Galatia. They were teaching the Gentiles that they had to be circumcised and they had to know the law. So in that context, back uh, up a little bit in Galatians Let's see. Let me see if I can find it. Um, it oh, here it is. It's Galatians 4.29. Now, Paul is talking about the time of Abraham with two wives, Hagar and Sarah. And he says, at that time, he who was born according to the flesh, now that's referring to Yishmael, that was the firstborn son of Abraham and the son of Hagar. He was born... Uh, according to the flesh, he persecuted his younger brother who was born according to the spirit because Isaac was born after it was possible for um, Ruth to bear children. So it was impossible for her to bear children and yet God gave her a child. So Paul says that child, Isaac, Yitzhak, was born by promise. And Yishmael was persecuting Yitzhak. That had to do with an incident we see in uh, Genesis, I think it's what, 17, something like that, maybe 15. Um, so what it's saying here to us today, keep standing firm. Do not be blown about by winds of doctrine, by what other people are teaching you. You have to go in for scripture and find it yourself. Do not be upset by persecution because people are going to say, you know, why you're you're in this cult or something like that. You know, people will say those things. If you're uncovering from scripture things that contradict what the church has been teaching, 
Um, I mean, I'm doing that all the time. I mean, I've made a, a commitment to myself to know to use these ancient methods to uncover the depth of Scripture, and I'm getting into the depth. And I'm occasionally coming up with things that are in that, that contradict Christian theology. But I can go in and I can say, look. Let me show you how I came to this conclusion, and let's talk about it. You know, that's the Hebraic way of doing it. So, so you, you, you keep standing because you're going to be hit by persecution. You're going to be blown about by winds of doctrine. And, um, and, and, you've got to, and you're also going to experience temptations of the world. Satan does a mighty good job. You, know, you want a new car? You want your kid to go to the best university? You even want him to go to a college or university because you don't have the money to do that, you know, and you want to find a way to do that. Well, the world tempts us and makes us turn to worldly actions to try to get what we want. You know, or our prayer says, oh God, give me this, you know, give me what I want. <laughs> That's not a good prayer. <laughs> um so, so it says here that we are to uh, to keep standing firm. Now comes something very interesting. Do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. All right, here's where I really want to stop and spend some time. Because, you know, sometimes people come to me and they say, we're being accused of putting ourselves back under the law because we're studying the Old Testament. And, and we're interested in what the sages said about the meaning of the Old Testament. And and these people are still wonderful believers in Christ. I mean, they have wonderful hearts for God. They're walking by the gift of the Holy Spirit, but they're saying, you know, we were never taught a huge part of God's message. And God's message in the Hebrew Scriptures is all part of the message. And we, we can't, you know, we can't cut it off. We've, we've got to get back into the message. So people will sometimes come to me and ask that question, you know, how do we respond when they say that we're putting ourselves back under the law? Well, that's what this is talking about. It says, do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. The yoke is used for um, an honorable yoke is a commitment to study the law. That was the imagery. We can see the imagery in the Talmud. That was the imagery at the time of Yeshua, that you take upon yourself the yoke of the law. Now, the yoke is that wooden thing that goes around the, the ox and holds him in position so he can pull the plow in a straight line. Well, you know, when, when these Jews were learning the law, they wanted to, to go in the straight line. They wanted to dedicate themselves by the yoke of the law to, to, to dedicate their lives to studying the law so that they could walk in that straight line, that straight path in the way of God because that's what the law taught them. But Paul is referring to the yoke of the law as a yoke of slavery. All right. You remember what the bondage or the slavery is all about. It's slavery to sin. That's what it is. You're slaves to sin. And you're set free from sin by being able to walk in righteousness. That's what it's all about. Can the law set you free from sin so that you can walk in righteousness? What Paul is saying is you study the law and it gives you head knowledge. But now 
God has given through our faith in Christ the gift of the Holy Spirit so that so that we can take that head knowledge and operate it so that we can walk in the righteousness. Now let me stop here and say that you can't have all law without the Holy Spirit to be able to walk in righteousness. You can't have all the Holy Spirit without the law. You have to have an equal balance. Now by law, I'm talking about your knowledge and understanding of the Holy Word of God. That's what I'm talking about. If people just, they don't know scripture, they've never studied scripture, or maybe they've taken some Bible study, but it hasn't really gotten them into the depth of the understanding of scripture, and they go off and they say, oh, I'm just going to walk by the Spirit. Well, they're like fish flopping out of water. Who knows whether what they're doing is the right spirit or the wrong spirit. They're like fish flopping out of water because they have no foundation of their head knowledge. So you have to have an equal balance between head knowledge and this operating of the spirit which comes from the inside. It does not come from your head, it comes from the inside. The Holy Spirit is, is, it's like latent, it's a gift that's sitting there waiting for you to operate it. You operate it by your faith and love of Christ. That's how you operate the gift of the Holy Spirit. But you can't just be walking by the Spirit willy-nilly without some means of knowing whether you're doing it right or not. Like I say, without knowledge and understanding of God's Word, you're like fish flopping out of water. So that's what it's talking about. Do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. If these Jews were making the study of the law um, absolutely essential to these new Gentile believers, you have to be circumcised, you have to study the law and know the law. If you don't, you, you, you can't come into God's presence. You, you, you know, if you're not circumcised, you don't belong to God. You're not in the covenant. That's what they were saying. You're not in the covenant. And if you don't know the law, you can't walk in righteousness. What Paul is saying is that, um, that the Holy Spirit has circumcised our hearts. That's what he says in Romans. That the Holy Spirit has circumcised the flesh of our hearts. And it has done so by writing the law on our hearts, carving the law on our hearts. So for the people of Israel, the law was carved on stone. That refers to the stone tablets. Those with faith in Christ have the heart carved on the flesh of their hearts. Now, what was the symbolism of circumcision? It cut away the flesh. What does the flesh represent but the ways of the world? So circumcision was symbolic of cutting away the flesh, being without sin. When you when you belong to God and you come, you know, you belong to God. And remember, in the beginning, God sees his people as perfectly righteous, without flesh, without sin. Well, flesh representing sin, without sin. So circumcision represented cutting away the, the worldly part of us, the fleshly, worldly part of us. Well, if... We have, if our heart has been circumcised, then at the moment we believed in Yeshua, that, that sin was cut away from us. It was cut away from us. So it's the same thing. It's the same symbolism. But it's been elevated. It's been advanced. So in, you know, with Israel, it was um, a physical, literal cutting away of the flesh. With believers in Christ, 
it's a higher plateau, a higher understanding of, of spiritually cutting away the worldly part of us. So we cut away the worldly part of us when we first believe in Christ, and then we have to learn how to walk in it. How do we learn how to walk in it? Well, yes, we have to study the Hebrew Scriptures, but the important thing is that we have the gift of the Holy Spirit which has written the law on our hearts, and that enables us to walk in the ways of the law when we believe in Yeshua and, and we grow in our relationship to Him. And as we grow in our relationship to Him, our love gets stronger and stronger and stronger. I don't know how to explain it, but it does happen. Your love for Christ just grows, and it's like something inside of you is 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 getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's just bursting out, <laughs> and you know, I burst out by teaching the Word. That's how I burst out. But I also burst out in my my own personal prayer life. I burst out, and I burst out when I'm in the car and I look up at those glorious mountains, and I just burst out. And that's that's what the Holy Spirit has given us. So I end now with our verse. This is what we've done. Uh, Christ set us free for the purpose of freedom. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Shalom.